Hello and welcome to another podcast of Close the Loop. This is your host, Daryl, bringing to you yet another show where HRs tell us their reflections about employers, employees, and everything in between. All right, listeners. So let me start by saying that an organization can use multiple tactics to maintain its edge. It could either be maybe building a strong culture, creating a great brand presence. They could even be the best paymasters. But maybe all of this can just fall flat when it comes to driving and sustaining innovation. And that could possibly be just because the diversity, equity, and inclusion was not taken seriously. Today, we are going to dive into the world of DEI, which is not only about its moral significance, but it also has its strategic importance when it comes to the people, the organization, and the society as a whole. And to dissect this further into a much meaningful discussion, we have Dipti, Manager HRBP at MasterCard. Dipti, welcome to the podcast. We are thrilled to have you here today. How are you doing? Hey, Darren. Thank you so much for inviting me for this show. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. And I also hear that you're quite passionate about this subject. And You got that right. And coming with, I think, more than 15 years of experience, I'm sure you have a lot to share with us today. Absolutely. Great. I'm so thrilled to be here. And this is my first podcast. So I'm thankful to loop on this particular aspect as well. And especially for this topic, which is really close to my heart. Great, um, great. So I think we'd be picking the right uh, <laughs> thought leader when it comes to diversity and inclusion. In fact, it's quite, a, it's quite a concept. In my past working experience, I've come across diversity and inclusion. In fact, mm-hmm. we had a forum speci- specifically for diversity and inclusion for the industry as a whole. So we used okay. to do a lot of events. We used to invite a lot of HRs. But for me, my understanding that time was pretty small. It was very narrow, right? Diversity mm-hmm. and inclusion was clubbed as a concept. But right. if you look at it, it's quite vast. The scope is okay. quite wide, right? So before we get into that, Dipti, just I wanted to dive into your past experience and how did you come here today and what made you so passionate about this subject? Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here once again. So as you mentioned rightly, I am from the HR background and I have around 17 years of experience in the HR industry, which is which includes a rich blend of HR operations and HR business partnering. Mm-hmm. Skills, of course, include being a part of HR ops in my start of my career. It is like hired to retire is what I have already worked on in a way, which right. also includes culture, diversity, inclusion, acquisitions to that matter, employee satisfaction surveys, rewards and recognition, etc. I'm also leading a lot of DEI initiatives in my current role and okay. I'm managing the business resource group, which is focused on the PWD resources, which is adaptability. So PWD is people with disabilities. So right. adaptability is the name of the group internally that we have. And that's what I'm leading. More from an education perspective, if I talk about, I have completed my PGDHR from IMDR Institute in Pune and also have completed my certification course on the leadership management from the Michigan University. Interesting. I am fond of adventures and love to travel and explore new places. In my free time, I like to spend time with my family, go out for long drives and listen to music or maybe the new post 2020, the binge watching concept. So that's how, uh, that's a quick intro about me. And of course, on the DEI thing, CI aspects, rather, we can definitely go on and on since this being my favorite topic. Great. Awesome. So let's dive into this directly. 
And mm-hmm. tell me, Dipti, what is this DEI? Like I've heard of diversity and inclusion. What is equity? If you can tell me, what does it mean for your organization? How do you define this? And what is the significance of all this? Okay. Before I move into that, I think I can uh, think of one of the classic and a very simple example on this. Mm -hmm. So my mom is a super active lady, a retired professional from Indian Railways. She fell down, unfortunately, in the corridor in 2016 and broke her femur bone. Post that, she went under around three surgeries, but in vain. So while she is on her own and manages her day-to-day routine, it gets a little difficult for us when we go out as she cannot walk for long hours. Right. So we usually take a wheelchair to support her outside in case. Okay. Sorry. I once wanted to show her a nice movie, which was a pretty hit at that particular point of time at a big screen nearby, which she usually refuses to go for. So I insisted her and finally she agreed. I was excited and I booked the tickets online to avoid the last moment hassle. But to my surprise, I I could see that the theater had some seats which were wheelchair friendly on the online portal where I was booking the tickets. So I was so glad and of the thoughtfulness that that the company had while enabling the people to book their tickets. Right. However, when we entered the hall, to my surprise, or it was a disaster, that there were stairs stairs to climb to the top of the hall to have a good movie watching experience. And the sad part was that the wheelchair could not go there. If probably we had ramps there, it would have been much easier for such users. Absolutely. It was a bit awkward when people started looking at us and few kinds of, few kind souls, in fact, also offered us help looking at the struggle we were having to reach the seat that we had booked. All this thing, while we think about it, while we do that, or while we talk about it, creating an infrastructure is something which is very important so that people feel valued, people feel equal, people do not feel that, okay, I cannot go there or I cannot reach that particular place because of my inability to do that. So I think if we have that particular infrastructure wherein everyone, irrespective of their diversity, if they get into that particular place or role, I think it can be easily be treated as an equitable solution. Understood. Understood. And this probably encompasses everything when it comes to your, your calling in a diverse segment of audience. Yes, uh, absolutely. You are treating them maybe not equally, but equitable in a way. Yes. And they are inclusive as a whole. Right? Absolutely. The entire intent of highlighting this story was recognizing the needs of differently able or maybe diverse individuals and right. taking proactive steps to make public places like movie theaters, stations, railway stations to that matter. Right. We have escalators. So escalators again can't go to the, can't take the wheelchairs on them. So probably having a lift or an alternative uh, solution which can probably help such people which will be really great in case if we think about those kind of infrastructural changes in our uh, country. Absolutely, absolutely. And in that particular sense, it makes a lot of sense for them to attract that audience, which means that they're saying, hey, anybody can come and watch a movie, right? Not just people who are active, who are functioning. It's people who also have disabilities. They can actually come in there and watch a movie. That that defines their audience in terms of how they address it. But when it comes to the workplace, how -hmm. is this important for an organization? Like, how does it help an organization in any form? Indeed. Uh, so when I had started my career, I think DEI never existed. While we may be aware at the back of our minds that there's something called as diversity or something of that sort. But right. now, since last four or five years, probably if I can think about and reflect back, I'm so happy that the corporates are actively prioritizing it to include DEI strategies and bringing them to practicality. So definitely having the diversity is important. 
However, it should not be just a tick in the box. It should also be, it should also look at how we are engaging the diverse group or the people we have around. It's, if I can say, tailor your approach rather than just having a one-size-fits-all method. Right. So our DEI has to be inclusive so that no one feels left out, irrespective of their diversity. So more from a MasterCard's perspective, if I talk about, yes, definitely DEI is a very big priority, more from a leadership perspective, as well as it has flown down to the lower most or the junior most level as well to that matter. Correct. In the organization context, if I can talk about, because what's relevant to one group or geography is going to be different somewhere else. So we think global and at local. I think equity and inclusion should be baked into everything from office design to hiring to pay to processes. Well, we have a signature program called Urja, which means energy. This mm -hmm. is a signature program on the diversity as uh, it has a different flavor and initiative supporting different diverse groups. Like, for example, we have business resource groups, which is driven by business because it has more impact rather than just one person driving it. We have groups like Women Leadership Network to support the gender, of course. We have ADAPT, like I already mentioned. We have YoPros. YoPros is young professionals to right. manage our new crowd, that is Gen Zs, which is a budding or a buzzing word in a way, and the population, that to that matter. Salute, which supports the veterans group, like who have served our Indian Army, Navy, Air Force, etc. Pride, which of course supports the LGBTQ community, etc. So diversity nowadays is way beyond gender, while gender definitely seems to be important. And it is a vital part of any organization to that matter. Understood. So you're talking more about more than gender diversity. You're talking more than age diversity, ethnic diversity, and probably even a diversity in mindsets, right? Okay. Uh, because that's going to be great in the end for an organization. Indeed. Awesome. And what does an HR, how does an HR, what role does an HR play in championing these activities within an organization? It, it's yeah. come up as a concept. But where does the HR step in here? I think HR is there in almost all the phases where in any kind of change that comes in or any new initiative that happens, I think HR partners closely with the business to drive that on the ground with the help of the business again, right? We need to create a forum where people can tell their stories, where others feel encouraged to listen and respond. Right. We do have speaker plat platforms wherein people feel safe voicing out their concerns, so the important thing is that listening to them and helping to create further inclusive environment is something which gets to the core, I would say. So here is where HR partners closely with the business to ensure that the business are our extended arms is what I would call it as, because the people manager is the first person to know about an individual who is there in the team, what exactly he or she is going through yes. or what exactly is currently on the top of the mind of the individual and what are the challenges that are also being faced. So educating the people managers, creating that culture, creating that environment wherein people are pretty, people can bring their authentic selves to work. This is something which is an important uh, aspect, I would say, in this entire uh, gamut. Yeah, this program, it sounds like a massive program management, right? Where you yes. come up with something like this, you have to ensure that you have the right people to drive it, to ensure right. you get in the right people. And there has a considerable impact coming in. What, according to you, do you think is the percentage of organizations that take this seriously? Of course, stats are important. So according to NASCOM uh, DEI landscape report in India, we've observed that a significant majority, that's 80% of the organizations have established a formal DEI policies. 82% organizations have DEI targets as well, which are formally embedded in them. 
73% of the organizations report that the DEI agenda is driven by the CEO or the topmost business leaders. So that means this indicates that a significant portion of the organization has their top executives actively involved and committed in advancing to DEI efforts. Isn't that interesting in these days? Very interesting. If I talk about MasterCard's DEI, this is definitely embedded in our day-to-day work and also to each level, across each level rather. Be it a CEO, be it a junior most resource or a fresher or a launcher that we call it as. Uh, MasterCard way is a term that we use and that's a way of behavior that's there that drives the culture overall. This is also embedded in our performance appraisal system which is we are not just evaluating the individuals based on the what have they delivered, but also how did they deliver that. The what and the how is definitely very important to marry each other to deliver a particular goal or an intent. So that's how the employees are also taking it pretty seriously in terms of the way that they behave with the organization. Our underlying principle being DG since question. And I just want to go a bit back because you mentioned that uh, 73% of your top executives is involved in this, in this initiative, which means it's coming top down from the start. My question to you is what, at what point in an organization's journey is this looked at? Like, when is this a serious matter where they decide, Hey, you know what? We need to be serious about DEI. I think looking at the futuristic approach or maybe even the current uh, scenarios that's going on currently, I don't think so. It has to be like forcefully embedded in something. Mm-hmm. It has to come naturally. Looking right. at the trends that are going on, looking at the industry where we are moving, looking at how we are hiring the diverse people and how we are sustaining with them with respect to whatever diversity that they bring on the table, the different mindset, the different ideas, the different patents that they file is something which is very important for us to value it and treat it equally. So it's not just that we expect things. We also strive constantly to prepare or build a pipeline of what we want in the future to achieve our goals, right? So for this, MasterCard has Girls for Tech program. This is a signature program again, which caters to encouraging more girls to choose STEM education courses. The age group lies from 8 to 14 years. We empower them to choose their tech careers through the flagship program of Girls for Tech. By this fun and learn uh, method, we introduce the, these 10 subjects to them. And based on that, they, based on their aspirations, they can choose it later in their career. Understood. Understood. So moving further, Dipti, it comes from the top, right? Then there's a major decision making in terms of what does DEI look like for this organization, right? And it's, I'm sure the journey is quite complex in terms of deciding what needs to be, what the framework needs to be there. Now, my question is, how does the HR de- uh, department integrate DEI principles into the recruitment and hiring process? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. And again, since DEI slows, I and me being into HR, definitely recruitment is an important theme across. Yeah. So as I said, it's not DNA. We have, we are an equal opportunity employer. This is what we probably call ourselves as. And we believe that everyone has a right to grow based on their potential. Mm-hmm. So with respect to this, to nurture this, we have gender neutral JDs wherein everyone can apply based on their potential. They will be interviewed, they will be selected, et cetera, et cetera. For each role, there needs to be at least one gender diverse profile to be interviewed or evaluated. Right. That is something which is very unique is what I would say. Uh, because in case if we have a role, for example, for a night shift, and I'm talking about in general, uh, and we assume that, okay, females will not be able to do the night shift. So let's have only uh, male employees applying for this. 
Mm-hmm. So I think this is where the unconscious bias comes into picture. They never know that a female is definitely ready to uh, do as much as a male can do it or anyone else can do it to that. So that's how having gender neutral JDs and evaluating one gender diverse profile for each role that's open with us is something mm-hmm. which is very important and that's followed diligently. We also focus to attract diverse talent through our different programs that we have, which is Relaunch Your Career, MasterCard Alumni Network that we have. We have a campus program specifically dedicated for this. We have contingent conversions, hiring beyond gender on the aspects that I already touched upon earlier. Uh, To our recruitment strategy, I think referral also plays a key role here where people Mm -hmm. seem they belong, they refer and also get the lucrative referral bonuses. So this is the situation for both the employee the candidate as well as uh, the organization, right? We don't participate in the hiring drives as well. And that's something which is, which overall sums up our our recruitment strategy. On the impact, if I can talk about through the inclusive hiring workplace policies, we have been able to increase the gender diversity from 15% in 2014 to now 32%, which is a significant increase. Realize this, there is a long way to go as well while we remain committed to our DEI objectives. Understood. DEI principles integrated in the recruitment strategy, the HR knows about it all, right? They know mm-hmm. where to go, how to source the talent, and then drive that down in the recruitment pipeline. But how are the managers mm-hmm. sensitized about this? How do you ensure that, you did mention about the unconscious bias, right? right. How, do, how do you ensure that the managers who are also playing a part in this role, do not, they understand this fully when it comes to hiring? Absolutely. So as I said, this is a target or this is a significant uh, importance or a priority that how and what is something which is very important. So this Mm -hmm. also applies to the managers as such. So we do a lot of awareness sessions and since this is a part of their respective deliverables as well, I think they understand the importance of it. And by now it's a pretty mature organization. Thus the managers, etc. or the leadership rather, I would say the people managers at a ground level specifically. If I talk about, they are very well versed with the standard processes that we have that, okay, if I have to open a JD, if I have to open a role rather, I need to have at least one female candidate interviewed or a gender diverse candidate interviewed for this particular role. And it will be a fair evaluation. So that's something which is set in the system already. And this is pretty much in sync with their mindsets as well. So going on so far. Absolutely. Because to maybe to, to a manager who's not sensitized on these principles, even during the hiring process, even during the in- interview process, uh, even sometimes if you find one particular trait about an individual very impressive, we tend to take that trait and amplify it to a level where we feel like, yes, this individual is amazing for this profile without even looking at the other aspects of it. Like these are the different biases that come in as well if probably the manager is not sensitized to the uh, DEI principles. Right. Is, is, that, is that a fair thing to, uh, to say? Yes, absolutely. And rather than using the word unconscious bias, there's a new term that we have uh, started imbibing in our day-to-day thing is the Mm -hmm. conscious inclusion rather than an unconscious bias. Interesting. So that is something which is important. So each and every individual knows the importance of it and knows how to behave around. Understood. Interesting. You did mention about one of your programs called Relaunch Your Career. Yes. Uh, if you don't mind, could you just throw some light on what this means and how is this impacting people in your organization? Oh, I think uh, one of the days when if you have a career break in your resume, you have less chances of getting back to the corporate world. 
So right. some people may have left their job due to their personal reasons, maybe on a maternity break or maybe childcare or elderly care or anything of that sort, more on the personal front. However, corporates these days are wanting the women to be back with the bank if they are on a career break due to any of the reasons rather. So we have a very interesting program called Relaunch Your Career at MasterCard, wherein it is specifically meant to be for the females who were on the career break, especially the mid-career professionals who are wanting to come back to the corporates. So it's all about not just hiring them, but also ensuring that they are supported at each and every step in the transition. Because after a break, coming back is definitely a difficult thing. So at the close of four months, it's a four months program that we have these people hired for. And based on their performance, the relaunchers can be considered for a permanent role as well. So it's just giving them that chance to prove themselves back within these four months by providing that necessary infrastructure and support. Understood. Very interesting. Good to know. That really demonstrates that it's just not the program that it's been launched. There are actionable things that are happening at your end, which also helps other employees in your organization as well. So really glad to know that. Um, moving to the equity part of this conversation, Dipti, uh, how is it different from treating somebody equally? Is it the same? Is it different? What is the gray area there? I think a lot of in the industry, it's being talked about that equity is about pay. But mm-hmm. for me, but for us, I would say it's not just the pay, but it's also creating a workplace where all the employees feel valued, respected and empowered to reach their greatest potential. This okay. is what I strongly believe in. So to support our commitment, uh, we have established a framework for examining pay practices annually with the support of a third party analysis. Uh, all the roles in our organization that are reviewed and benchmarked to the external market and we assess their uh, compensation decisions accordingly. And this activity, as I said, is done annually. Okay. So it's not that a uh, couple of years of gap and things like that. Uh, we do also have world-class benefit programs like Care9. It's a maternity benefit program, which provides the entire nine months of pregnancy support to the expecting mothers, right from diet, exercise, healthcare guidance, etc. as the topic suggests, of course. So it was for the female employees when the vendor gave us the presentation on this. But we went a step ahead and also included the wives of the male employees who were expecting. They could also register in that. That's something which is equity. Right. The male employees do not feel left out. That's where the equity comes in place in a way, I would say. Also to advocate it further, we also have industry-leading benefits such as 16 weeks of paid leave for the new parents, for them to bond well with the newborn, newly adopted or newly fostered child. And irrespective of the gender, this is something which is... Even in our insurance policies, it says you can add your spouse. So earlier it was like spouse and up to a particular number of children. But now it's a spouse slash partner because we have the LGBTQ concept coming in. in Yes. So that's how we are pretty much inclusive in that particular manner or terms as well. So it's a way of advocating acceptance for same-sex parents as well. We have inclusive family building program which covers IVF, other fertility treatments as well in the countries where it is legally allowed. More from an LGBTQ perspective, if I talk about, we have gender reassignment surgery covered as well in the insurance policy. And when it comes to PWD, that is people with disabilities, we have autism and Down syndrome and disabled siblings and children with any age limit, without any age limit rather, which is covered in our program. So that is something which is, which makes our overall policy and culture pretty unique. Very interesting, actually. There's a lot that's going on there. Right. And that just makes me wonder, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm stepping back to the whole hiring part again. How does, how does this affect your sourcing? Does the individual who's 
applying for MasterCard. Uh, are they aware of all these practices beforehand? Is this anywhere is on the website? Like, how are you talking about this? Yes. So absolutely. So when they, when we have some potential candidates who are yet to join us, prior to the joining, once the candidate gets selected, almost on the last watch of it, we do send them a document, which has all these details, which the employee or will be eligible for, or the potential Very interesting. eligible for, for. And the TA, TA, that is the talent acquisition, the HR business partner or the business that is the hiring manager also are in touch with the respective employee to keep the employee warm or the candidate warm rather mm -hmm. that he or she knows how important the candidate is for the organization and is, will be treated, is or will be treated equally uh, when probably joined. Right. And probably the last question on this one is how do you ensure that this all works. Like, how do you ensure that all the employees are treated equ uh, equitably, right? You have your frameworks, you have your policy in place, but then what's keep, what's monitoring this at the end? Yes. So we do have a lot of surveys as well that goes to the employee. We have internal open circle discussions. We have discussions during the town hall. We have panel discussions, which can probably uh, bring in that thought as to how can I be open? And as I said, we have, we create that environment wherein employees can speak up. Uh, that's one. And that's co totally confidential or probably anonymous, mm -hmm. uh, wherein the employee's name will not come into picture. But right. yes, if someone is experiencing that, definitely they have a platform wherein with there are, I don't see any uh, such things happening in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, from the anonymous surveys as well, that's there that people can actually voice out their concerns. And it's an external anonymous survey. So we also get to know from an external party saying that, okay, these many percentage of people feel this, these belong to these categories and things like that. It's again, as I said, it's totally anonymous. So people feel free to share their respective views on the thing. Understood. Understood. Great. So thanks. Thanks for that. I think what we can do now is we'll, we'll move towards the inclusive part of the journey. Uh, <laughs> we, we are covering this in order of its <laughs> abbreviation. So again, I would like to go back to this very interesting point that you've given that the youth. I'm still stuck on this part where 73% of the companies where the top executives were involved in this whole initiative. Mm -hmm. What is their accountability? Now they are involved. That's great. But what is their ongoing accountability on this front? And how do you ensure that they are hand in hand when it comes to this uh, inclusivity? That's an interesting one. I think according to me, if I reflect on the same, what is important is strongly believing and implementing few principles in our day-to-day -day behaviors, mm -hmm. which again flows across the organization is like foster open dialogue. An important part in this is listen and respect the individual's opinion. So be it a people manager or be it a SVP or an EVP or a senior most level to that matter. We also need to seek a missing perspective, which is done here, which is like check for blind spots, ensure everyone's voice is heard, right? Creating a sense of belonging, wherein we make people feel accepted, irrespective of whatever your true sense will be, you are most welcome to bring that true selves to work. Right. Respect and value is something which is, again, very important aspect, wherein each individual has to follow and follows that in the overall day-to-day -day, uh, life or perspective at work. Right. Also, the support, the whole person, like engage authentically in their well-being, career development, etc., which the employee actually sees it as a worth or a value when he or she joins any of the organization. And a culture of direct feedback as well, which is something which has been very well built in because the managers or the employees are supposed to have a regular connect to provide and receive regular constructive feedbacks, which needs to be honest to foster their open dialogues. Correct. So 
that's something which is important. I think if we listen to them, if we respect those individual opinions, I think there is a huge difference that we can actually bring into the mindset of. Understood. Understood. You mentioned four to five different points here. And given the size, uh, given MasterCard as an organization, I'm sure in terms of people, it's a huge count that you guys have. Am I correct in saying that you have a separate DNI team going on to yes, just absolutely. enter? That's because I was like, hey, how do you work this out? Because there will be some challenges that you face, right? And I'm sure I want to hear from you what these challenges are. But having a team in place is probably the only way where you can, one, implement, monitor, and then ensure that it's sustaining in the end as well. Absolutely. So I think having the team definitely helps. Like I said, we do have a team, but yes, we cl work closely with the business to drive this particular aspect mm -hmm. because it is important that each level or each department actually looks into it equally so that we are all able to drive that entire goal that we have in the organization. Right. And it is, as I said, it is embedded in the DNA, wherein the performance appraisal also is evaluated based on, the performance itself is evaluated based on the what and the how. At each level, at each individual's role, this is something which plays an equal important role across the organization. So. Understood, understood. And what I want to check with you, is that a difference that has been felt? I'm not too sure if you were a part of the organization before DE&I was implemented. Like, mm -hmm. I was trying to gauge the before and after. And what are these changes that have come in? For example, people have become more productive. They, are, they feel more listened to. They feel more valued towards. So any key changes that have come in, which has, which is a major yes. driving factor towards productivity out there. Indeed, indeed. So like you rightly said, if we have that particular thing, we should also look at the impact, right? And this is when, which is very much done at MasterCard as well. So earlier, before this introduction of LGBTQ community, if I can talk about, people were very reluctant. I'm sure there were more than a particular percentage of people who belong to that category, but mm -hmm. how many did open up about their belongingness or the Think that they can relate to. Right. So I think after creating this BRG of right, that is, which includes the LGBTQ community, I think we have a lot of initiatives and activities which we did, uh, interventions rather, I would say, rather than activities, wherein uh, people felt comfortable bringing up their true selves to work and getting it open to people across, like to their managers, to their teams, to the individuals, to a certain extent that uh, we recently, from past two to three years, we have also been hosting panel discussions with these diverse candidates to show their entire journey as to when did they realize that they belong to this particular community. Right. And what, uh, what were the barriers that came into their lives before they opened up onto this particular aspect? And how comfortable are they now speaking up to, speaking on this particular topic? In case if we host a panel discussion with these diverse candidates, and listen to their own stories, which are pretty much real life in nature, like someone coming from a small place where this concept is not very much accepted or was not very much accepted at a certain point of time. And now how people have started embracing it. I think that is something which is, which makes the huge difference and the impact can be seen through their, uh, through, through them being the panelists on this particular topic. Understood. Understood. Okay. So Dipti, talking about impact, you've talked about all these policies and frameworks in place. What metrics or indicators does your organization use to measure the impact of these initiatives? Absolutely. I think diversity is pretty, pretty important for everyone or every organization, I would say. Like I said, in 2014, our gender diversity was around 15%. Now it is 32%. So our efforts show that we are going towards the right direction. Well, there is a long way to go, right? This year as well, we have featured in the, featured as a part of the LinkedIn top 
2023 list. In the past as well, reputed bodies like Great Place to Work, Avtar, Zinov, Harki, which is formerly known as Jobs for Her, and many more such organizations have recognized MasterCard as one of the best employers for inclusive practices in India in recognition to our continued commitment towards DEI. So this is something which is a great impact, is what, which is a result is what I would say to our initiatives and interventions towards DEI. Awesome, awesome. So Dipti, what do you see as a future trends and where do you see this going in the future? Okay, I think it has a long way to go while we have already come a long distance on this particular aspect. I think uh, often the DEI role is a part of the HR team or independent person or little to have, say, no resources to that particular team. Correct. Uh, empower your diversity people is what I would say. Uh, listen to them and give them people to help execute their action, action plan. I think that will give you, give your DEI effort. And this is something which is according to the recent Times uh, report, an enterprise-wide mindset and a seat at the table, which, is, which needs to make the decision, maybe a decision-making table. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something which if we do that diligently, we have a long way to go. Understood. Now, I believe that running such a program comes at a certain cost, right? It has a cost to, to a particular right. company. Let's take, for example, an organization or a company who has not made it that far in their journey in terms of people, scale, revenues, whatsoever. Is this something that can be implemented at a very seed level or some, someone like a startup or, or you know, an early stage startup or someone who's just got gone to the market, early revenues coming in? Is this something that makes sense at that level right now? Yes, absolutely. I think it makes sense at all the levels. It's not only just about the budgets, but then we can do some fancy initiatives or something, mm-hmm. but also change in the mindset, bringing that change in the mindset, even without the budgets. I think that is something which is important. So maybe inviting the industry experts around these subjects to share their real life examples and scenarios wherein how did they went through it? What challenges did they have and how did they overcome that? Right. I think it's a journey rather than it's just reaching at a particular milestone. I think whatever and however we can do, there's still a scope of improvement and a betterment, I would say, to a more diverse, equitable, inclusive workplace. To be the startup or be the multinational company with a well-settled revenue process in place. And I'm sure once the uh, startups or the new businesses start seeing the impact of the change in the mindset uh, and its impact on the business, they will be setting aside some budgets for the interventions or the initiatives related to DEI. Great. So I think I like the way you said it. It's all about the mindset, right? It's not just the budgets. If it has an importance and it will play a vital role for your business and overall for the people, you can anyway start doing it. It can start at that step. Yes, absolutely. And if we have that free space uh, for the people wherein they can bring their true self or the authentic selves to work, I think, and being valued and respected, I think that can also uh, change the entire game. And that would tie a lot to the organization culture as well, right? Because this would eventually marry into the culture of an organization. Certainly. Yes, absolutely. Understood. What about in times of crisis? uh, Mm -hmm. Let's take, for example, during COVID, a lot of organizations were in like troubled waters back back then, right? Mm -hmm. Does something like this take a hit? Or does this sustain irrespective of what the organization goes through? Uh, to a certain extent, I would say yes, but uh, that was just the initial phase wherein nobody knew what to do, right? 
but thanks to our policies processes which already existed like flexibility already existed so i think uh, those policies really helped our employees to cope up with that and then come up with a fresh uh, start in terms of uh, how do they actually see the things happening even uh, with the restriction of covid being in like for example our infrastructure was within no days up and so strong that the people were actually able to work from home the vpn connectivities and all those things were such strong that there was no restriction as such or no no barrier as such which hindered the performance of the employees that way so that was one thing secondly if i talk about like the employee family resource program is one of the programs that we have for counseling so at that mm-hmm. particular point of time a lot of employees actually were going through a lot of traumas based on the personal aspects like someone lost some dear near or dear one or maybe some turmoil in the family or something of that sort or nearby uh so to deal with that to cope up with that i think mental being of the employees was equally important at that particular point of time and even today so right. we have a counseling services as well which helps that particular entire program wherein we could support our employees more with that and then the supportive managers and the entire environment which was made available to the employees also made a huge difference sort of positive impact absolutely basically the entire ecosystem has to be ripe for this to pass through even if our organization is going to trouble time because this will continue right this is right. this is how the, it's in the it's now embedded in the dna of the company yes unprecedented right. times also were pretty well taken care of our ceos town halls our senior leadership open circles meetings and things like that really helped and we also in pnc or rather hr i can say we also had a meeting which is which was which used to be just like what's on the top of your mind you can mm-hmm. share your respective things which are going on in your place what's new that you are learning in terms of someone learn casio someone learn some other skill probably drawing painting whatever their kids details they shared this is something which is going on so that they had some kind of a sharing ground and we were listening to it right uh, so that is something also which is very small thing but makes a huge impact so agenda less meetings uh, especially once in a month or something wherein we can just come openly and just discuss and be ourselves like okay this friday i learned a new dish i cooked it for my family and i can probably show it to the team or maybe something on those lines that we used to do it during that particular time in hr so for something it's interesting i would say absolutely and that sets the foundation for anyone to just open up and come up with yes. anything that they have to see right and then from there it goes onwards then you're already making that environment inclusive for the particular individual or the employee mm-hmm. yeah and the journey of going further and just by valuing every voice like you said respecting every background fostering an environment where everyone can flourish we not only enhance our workplaces but also contribute to a more equitable place and a society as a whole mm-hmm. great just to sum up the theme from what we've covered right now it's quite evident that companies that are diverse equitable and inclusive are better able to respond to challenges they can win top talent and even meet the different needs of uh, customer bases right <laughs> the journey towards diversity equity and inclusion in the workplace is an ongoing one as you rightly mentioned it's not a destination but it's rather a commitment to continuous improvement yeah. so with this listeners i would like to conclude today's podcast dipti was kind enough to give us a lot of insights on dni and you've been really great thank you so much Thanks a lot, Darrell. Often some key, uh, which I I'm still trying to wrap my head around because it's just blew the cover off it. <laughs> and uh, this, I I hope this can be applied to everyone that's listening when it comes to your workplace, when it comes to even outside your workplace, because I feel the impact of this is not specifically with your work, right? It it can apply 
across. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much, Dipti, for joining us uh, today. And before we leave, is there any final word, words of advice or anyone who's getting into the space or trying to implement this for their company? Is there anything that you have to say for them? Uh, yes, definitely. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. It has been a pleasure discussing DEI with all of you and the listeners. Uh, let's continue to grow, learn and have a positive impact or rather make a positive impact is what I would say. And again, this is a journey. It's not just a destination. So let's bring our creative hats on when we are thinking about DEI and how can we be inclusive as possible so that the other person feels equitable and is valued and respected accordingly. Awesome. Again, this is a journey, guys, and not uh, the destination. I think that's my key takeaway from your. Thank you again, Dipti. And to all our listeners, please check out our Spotify channel in case you have missed out on any of our previous podcasts. They all tie down to each other. They all make sense if you, you go back and listen to what we've done on the previous podcast. Feel free to share this around. Feel free to pass on your comments. Feel free to start debates about it. All in a good sense of taking it and making great value out of this. Thank you, Dipti, once again. And thank you for everyone listening to us. We will see you in the next podcast. Thank you so much.